The Smiths, just for a change, with a track titled Back to the Old House. This is David Eastall and this is The C86 Show. Welcome once again to another thrilling ride of life, as I'll be bringing you songs you know, some you don't, and some you should, always playing the finest in indie pop and beyond. And this week's special guests are going to be, all the way from Sacramento, is going to be Jim Rivers, because I caught up with him several months ago. In fact, it was the autumn, so this has been sort of on the back burner. But I'm going to bring you that interview probably in three or four easy-to-digestible segments throughout the show, alongside the usual award-worthy playlist. But get the party wrong and I think we should play your favourite and mine. Yes, this is titled Gone.
And that's the dreamy pop sound of the Rosebuds and the track titled Gone. Hello, this is David Eastall, The C86 Show. If you want to contact us, we always love your messages. You can via Facebook or Twitter. Just go to C86 Show. I will be there. And also, um, I have put all the old shows as an archive, so you can um, locate them. You can do that via iTunes, Spotify, uh, Podbean, which I really like, or Mixcloud, which I also really like. But anyway, it's all there somewhere on one of those interesting platforms that podcasts seem to exist on. And also, if you wanted to know why it's called the C86 Show, it was because the NME, which was the weekly news music newspaper in the UK and beyond, um, used to do cassettes of different you know, musical genres. And uh, in 1986, they put together a 22 track compilation that came out on cassette that I bought with great excitement and uh, it featured those kind of indie bands from that particular period which we thought was golden and most of that material has now been reissued via Cherry Red Records if you want to locate it. Anyway, this week's special guest is going to be Jim Rivers from um, The Rosebuds so I'm going to play another track and then we're going to have the first part of that interview because it's that exciting but anyway this is The Rosebuds again in the track called Deflower
There you go. The unmistakable sound of the rosebuds with the track called Deflower. This is David Eastall. This is the C86 show, and this is going to be the first part of my interview with Jim Rivers. Um, when I began by asking him that interesting question, it's a brilliant opening line, because actually, I have to confess, I didn't know a huge amount about them, even though I'd heard a few of their tracks. So I was wondering a bit about the backstory and the history of the band, and this was Jim's response. Jim, what was your response? The rosebuds uh, were started uh in uh high school years of um between like probably like 87 and 88 um the the rosebuds originally were a drum machine um, um i became the drummer but it originally was a drum machine recorded um uh seat with a sequencer onto a four track or eight track with uh dustin rusky um he now goes by dusty um uh, uh, he um, and Josh Berkeley um, were the the two Rosebuds uh, at one point, and they they pretty much recorded all the instruments and used the drum machine back in the mid '80s, I guess, when they met in high school. And um, uh, they uh, also added Josh's younger brother by maybe three, four years, uh, Ben Berkeley, to the band. So. At the time, you can imagine, you know, there was, uh, there was, you know, early teens through, you know, graduating teens in the Rosebuds. Um, and uh, right about, you know, they had kind of written a handful of songs, I guess, uh, between Josh and, and Dustin. And uh, I joined them in late 88 when I picked up a, right about this time of the year, I guess, uh, sometime in October, um, a friend of mine and I were shopping around a local record store that used to be in Midtown Sacramento called uh, The Beat. The Beat was a, a great, you know, um, you know, place to hang out, you know, just tons of, uh, you know, great vinyl and, you know, all the stuff that you wanted, alternative and pop and everything else uh, they had. Uh, and so it was just this this awesome, you know, record store in Sacramento that, you know, really kind of could have belonged in any big city. And um, so we, we would gravitate there. And there was a, a kind of like a job board uh, for musicians there. And there was an ad that Josh and Dustin had placed on the board uh, saying, hey, you know, we're the Rosebuds and we're looking for a drummer and, uh, you know, give us a call. So I did. And, um, you know, the rest is kind of history, local Sacramento history anyways. And then that's when we came together at the end of 88, we started rehearsing together as a, as a four piece. And, uh, shortly after that, um, you know, just recording our practices and, you know, getting tighter. And, um, uh, shortly after that, when we started to want to play some gigs, I guess probably at the beginning of 89, um, uh, ben Berkeley, the youngest one, uh, who was probably at this time a freshman in high school, was told by his parents that he couldn't uh, he couldn't be in the Rosebuds anymore because his grades were bad. Mm-hmm. So uh, so then so then we, we we came a three piece officially in front of the in front of the public and um, we kind of did uh, gigging for the rest of the year and continued to write some songs and record some you know some some demos and and things through the rest of 89 and and um as a three piece but then later on in the 90s um in 1990 sometime uh ben joined us back up because i guess his grades had gotten better excellent so. well look what um what was so were you about 16 18 when the band started uh yeah i was um you know so um i guess in 88, I had already graduated. I graduated from high school in, in 87. Um, Dustin had two. And Josh, I think, graduated in 88. Right. So Josh was 18. I was probably 19 or 20. Um, Dustin was 19 or 20. And, and Ben was, you know, 14 or 15. So what, um, I mean, during that period, for me, you know, like indie pop, the glorious years of indie pop with kind of 83 to 87, which is basically the lifespan of the Smiths, who who seem to sort of represent so much about that time. And and in, in this country, in, in you have the mainstream charts with Dire Straits and Duran Duran's band of Bally, you know, a certain production sound, which was very sort of... Um, electronic key and rhythms you know it was kind of big shiny stuff and in in you know you were giving us the hair metal of LA 
rock. And then there was the alternative scene, which which was kind of played by people like John Peel, who was a radio DJ in this country, who we were very influenced by. And he would be playing all these kind of indie stuff, as well as kind of African music and reggae and, you know, kind of interesting music, which was not mainstream. Um, mm-hmm. And so when you... Because I've heard kind of Brandon Flowers from The Killers talking about the influences that he had. And and it was very much like, you know, The Cure and The Smiths. And in, there he did it also. He does also mention Duran Duran. But um, we will give him that, actually. Um, so <laughs> so what, were, what, what were you listening to? Um, so, OK, so the, the Rosebuds originally... Um, which I have to, uh, you know, basically speak for Dustin and Josh, who started the band. They were the, those two were really heavily into um, into the Smiths, um, into the Cure, uh, into uh, New Order and Joy Division before that. Um, and so those were, uh, you know, the the main staples uh, at the time. Oh, also REM. So REM was a little bit like. Um, kind of like the odd one out but I mean out of the other ones but but certainly uh they took a lot of influence from REM in the early Rosebud days those early songs yes and did um and did you get a sound together quite quickly I mean because often you know it does take a little bit of time and what I've noticed I suppose especially in this country you know people would sort of make a sound which was kind of okay but you wouldn't be playing in front of more than your friends and family and anybody else you could emotionally blackmail to come along to see you but then but then it was like again you know mentioning this is kind of a character who was so important in this country John Peel it was kind of getting played on the John Peel show and then he would have these sessions where you know someone would be able to record three or four songs in London which were on you know good equipment with a good producer and that would often give the band an opportunity to play elsewhere in the country and then their first album so I just wondered you know what your sort of general yeah your narrative if that was yeah so um you know we we got on pretty well as soon as we started um as soon as we met and we started jamming um the the three of us and the, the four of us really um the I, I had not been as um, as uh, versed in the Smiths as the other two. Um, also, I had not well ver- been well versed in, in, in Joy Division, although I, I followed New Order. Um, when I grew up, um, well, actually, I was born in another country. I was born in Central America in El Salvador, and uh, I came to the States in 1981. Uh, learned English, you know, from scratch and um, made my way through high school and did a lot of growing up, obviously, in the States. So I feel like, um, you know, a lot of my heritage and my culture from um, the the Latino world, um, it, it just really kind of was put to the side because I did most of my growing up here. I came when I was 12. So but but when I joined the Rosebuds and having not known some of the influences of theirs, um, a lot of what I had grown up with was, um, you know, a variety of music, everything from, you know, um, salsa to uh, tangos to like uh, rancheras from like Mexico. And, you know, a lot of that Latin influence was was in me. Um, And 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 then, you know, it meshed with you know, growing up as a young kid in the 70s with my older brother who would, you know, pick up vinyl from Stevie Wonder to like, you know, the Commodores to, you know, Michael Jackson, and then coming into my own influences. Like, I think my first record that I ever bought, which was still in El Salvador, was Rod Stewart's, you know, with Do You Think I'm Sexy? You know, uh, Blondes Have More Fun. Um, and, and, and then, and then from then on, you know, exploring things like the police and early police, like I remember and still to this day, uh, Ghost in the Machine being like a total influential album in, in the way that I play, you know, drums and rhythm and, and things. So, and then the reggae influences, you know, started listening to UB40 and, you know, Bob Marley and, 
uh, things like that. Moving on through like, you know, the later years of high school when I met girlfriends that, you know, were into the goth area era. So there was like Bauhaus and Peter Murphy and, 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 you know, everything else, Love and Rockets and, <clears throat> and The Cure and everything. So I, I kind of had this like real broad spectrum of influences to, to what I felt was their very narrow focus, uh, you know, influences. And, but I, I, I totally like assimilated with whatever because of my broadness. I kind of assimilated to whatever wheelhouse um, they could play, and I found that these three musicians could really, really play well what they were trying to imitate, which was the Smiths, REM, and the Cure, and and you know so well that it, it made an impression on me uh, that wow, I'm I, all I got to do is you know. It's almost like listening to the radio when I was listening to them play at practice. It was like I had grown up, listen, you know, having my drum kit from an early age in my bedroom and cranking up the tunes on, you know, alternative radio or pop radio in Sacramento and basically playing along to all these random songs, the cars, everything else. And then now I was like, OK, I was asked to do this, like, you know, very focused style and I could do it. And it was like, great. And so, like. The fact that the three of them were so cohesive and well put together and, and really good had become really good at taking that influence and being able to like recreate it um, made it so easy for me to just plug my style right in. And so we really kind of, you know, broke out of that. I think we were practicing three times a week more than anybody else in town. And shortly that that got the attention of a lot of different people uh, when we started playing. It showed. Um, and uh, quickly after that, we picked up the interest of a particular um, um, show promoter, Jerry Perry, here in Sacramento, who basically, you know, uh, I think we, you know, we blew his, you know, socks off, and and he's like, oh, these are the next, you know, this are this this is going to be huge. I better grab a hold of this, and uh, he kind of took us under his wing and started managing us, and by doing so, started plugging us in as an opener to. Uh, a bunch of bands that were coming into Sacramento uh, at the time, you know, things, you know, everywhere, everything from like um, British bands that were coming through like, you know, Lush and Ride at the time, early 90s to, uh, you know, uh, just a bunch of jellyfish and, you know, material issue and uh, cause and effect and, you know, just a bunch of bands. So we were like the opening band and we were exposed to so many people in Sacramento. A lot of our success remained in Sacramento, but, but we were, we, we, we did grow a very cultish kind of like uh, group of people and followers in Sacramento. And that is the first part of my interview with Jim Rivers from the Rosebuds. I've got lots more of that to come, but to break up that interest and chat, I think we should play some more music. This is another track by the band titled Turn.
There you go. Nice bit of tambourine there. That is the Rosebows with, with the track titled Turn. This is David Eastall, the C86 show. Um, I could do more admin, but I'll just be repeating myself, so I won't bother. But anyway, this is going to be the second part of my interview with Jim Rivers. When I was talking about the different musical scenes that develop over decades, really, from the indie scene to the dance to the grunge scene, and how the Rosebuds managed to cope with those kind of changing musical fads that us fans are so obsessed with. Anyway, this was Jim's reply. Jim, how did you cope? That's that's the interesting... We were an ever-evolving band for about three and a half years that we were together. We, we certainly started with the with the influences of the Smiths and the jangly guitars and things in our early R.E.M. Um, and that's kind of what you hear from those songs. And um, and slowly but surely, the um, the the influences of certainly well, there was definitely the dance aspect. Like I said, they were very my friends were very big into New Order, and so was I. We were going to dance clubs at the time, and at one point we covered Blue Monday uh, on our set. Um, but then we also covered, you know, later on, well, I'll, I'll wait to that, but the covers kind of tell a story too, that we used to do. We used to throw in one cover every time we play, but, uh, so we covered blue Monday. Uh, if you can imagine with, you know, just acoustic drums and everything pretty much acoustic, we didn't have a keyboard player, but, but we did our version of it and it went down pretty well. Um, so we, we, we kind of like, you know, we had this jangly guitar, kind of mix in with some like, you know, danceable groovy beats kind of, you know, uh, style of our own songs. And then as, as, as grunge started taking hold here and being exported from the U S we were really, we, we, we grabbed a hold of my bloody Valentine and that scene and the band then evolved into, um, that style. And that's kind of, you know, how we and, and we ended up kind of like evolving. And kind of, when we broke up, we um, were split. Um, we were truly into that, you know, ride, uh, My Bloody Valentine, uh, uh, you know, type yes. of stuff. Well, there was, there was a bit, I know it's not a great term, the shoegazing scene with people like Macy Starr. And there was also Galaxy 500. We all love them as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yes, and, and obviously, but the, the harder sign was My Bloody Valentine, which I suppose was kind of way out there, and a band called Loop as well, which were quite sort of um, a lot of feedback. So, look, with most bands, you know, like I've found, you know, they have this kind of five-year narrative of getting together, doing the single and album, and then a tricky second album. And if any band, this is from the UK, toured America, that seemed to completely finish them off, no comeback. <laughs> um, and so five years is normally the, the kind of lifespan it's like one of those, um, con- uh, not country and western, like one of those wildlife programs, isn't it? You know, where you just see the death of this band. And um, so, so how did your, how did it evolve and and sort of come to a, an end? To quote, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it. We had a, a real. It, it, it's a cliche, but I think uh, we could have gone on and completed that five year. Uh, stand as a band and and done and done some great things um as a matter of fact uh we had recorded or started tracking a new demo when uh things ended um after a show in january of 92 is is when the band came to an end and uh previous to the to that gig um we had been recording um started to record a new demo a new ep um and uh, we still have those 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 tracks um, uh, on that, and uh, and uh, there may be some possibility that they may resurface, um, you know, and get you know completed at some point. Now that we've kind of started uh, rehearsing for this show we have at the end of the year, but um, so so that that makes me really happy that you know maybe we we'll see the light of day, maybe that will bring some closure to to the the Rosebuds chapter. But essentially, we. Um, we we split up because of because of just you know being young and stupid. Excellent, excellent. That's a good that's a good one. I mean, most band, you know, I remember you know having done this interview, these, these interviews quite a bit. You know, that's going, you know, they, they vary between people just sort of one day just getting really drunk and saying, look, 
why don't we split up? We all hate each other and everyone go and thank God for that. And, and um, you know, all just having a gig and sort of getting back to the van in the car park and just saying, look, you know, can we just break out because I can't stand this anymore? And everyone just literally walking off into opposite directions. So what did you have a moment yourself with that um, closure? Yeah, you know, um, you know, again, it's kind of like there was so much more potential to the band at the time. In fact, um, we had uh, grown our popularity, uh, you know, in Sacramento to to, you know, to the point where we were high. You know, we were um, uh, headlining these shows at the the old cattle club where which was, you know, a scene uh, here in Sacramento in the early 90s where all the bands would come through. Oh, God, you just spread spread just say that again. Oh, are you still there? I'm, I'm still here. Oh God, you 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 got to the bit where you talked about um, you know Sacramento, and then it just went it went quiet. Oh, okay, can you hear me right now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, so I was talking about how um, it, it, there was so much potential to the band still when we broke up, and it wasn't one of those where oh gosh, this is pointless, you know, sitting drunk in the back of the, you know, the venue going, nobody's showing up. In fact, it was the complete opposite. We had seen growth in our in our popularity and our attendance at shows at the Cattle Club, which was the main um, uh, staple, you know, club for alternative touring bands at the time. Uh, Nirvana played there a couple times, you know, just to give you an idea. And, you know, Ride, Lush, everybody, uh, the chapter house play there um incredible amount of people from 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 bands from england would would come through and play the cattle club and and we were you know originally opening up for a lot of these acts and then eventually you know towards um you know in 91 we started headlining and um in and 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 you know things were really good so it wasn't like it, it was it was really crushing when after a show in San Francisco, which may have been only like our second show there, which which was like right after New Year's. Um, and we thought it was like just, you know, it was loud as it could be. And it was like crazy. But, you know, here we go. We're going to you know start playing outside of Sacramento. Um, it was crushing to come back from that. And about a week later, when we all got we were all supposed to get together for our rehearsal or practice our normal practice. Um, it was just dusty there and no one else. And, and he kind of broke the news to me that, uh, you know, that we had split up, that Josh, um, Ben and, and Dusty had decided that uh, uh, it was just causing too much strife um, to keep the band together because there was some differences um, and some influences from girlfriends and, and other things that shouldn't have mattered to the, you know, to the band, but, but it, they did and, and people's feelings were getting hurt. Um, and so, and that was essentially it. And so there was, a, it was mostly a, a very kind of, you know, like pulling the plug out of something that was like, to me about to kick it into the next year. Uh, and, and, and in a very kind of like gloomy, evening setting at our rehearsal space that I found Dusty packing up his stuff and basically essentially telling me telling me that, that that was it for the Rosebuds. My God, that is so sad. I mean, it's a bit spinal tap as well with girlfriends. And I was watching a documentary about David Bowie when he decided to split up the, um, the Spiders from Mars. And I think I got the impression that everybody knew apart from the bass player, Trevor uh-huh. Boulder and also the drummer Woody Woodmancy, who just were just completely confused when he said, um, you know, this is going to be the last ever concert. And they were thinking, what's he on about? You know, we, we've got plans. And he's just said it's over. And um, so it is a it must be emotionally very odd and tricky when you've had three years. And um, yes, a years of- before that. Yeah, um, you know, it, it definitely uh, seems to be a, uh, a theme in my rock and roll musical career to have this kind of uh plug being pulled out type situation <laughs> and the, on the brink of fame yes so so is it the case then that you've um reconnected with with the original members yeah it is it's been uh, kind of a wonderful little trip over the last you know i would have to say it extends back to like around 2013 um I uh, reconnected. I've always been connected as a friend, but not really hang out too much with um, with Josh Berkeley, the bass player for the Rosebuds, who was originally the person that um, was credited with 
with kind of starting the Rosebuds really and, and writing the, the, the vast majority of the original songs was Josh until Dustin kind of took over that spot. But, um, I had always, you know, he, he lives close and, uh, we had kind of kept in touch and, uh, right about 2013, I reached out to, to him and, um, even though we had gotten together and, and jammed on a couple of little things just for our, you know, enjoyment, um, uh, this time, uh, I, you know, was curious and, you know, Hey, what are you doing and stuff? And like musically, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, um, it led to us getting together and forming a band called sad numbers, um, in 2013. And, uh, we, uh, we, uh, recruited, uh, uh, Heidi, Barney, uh, who was the keyboardist sing, uh, co-singer of Rocket Ship, uh, to, to play with us, who had been a friend of both Josh and, and, I, and I for a while. She was also in town. Um, so the three of us uh, started this band called Sad Numbers and started putting out new material. And in fact, you should definitely check it out. It's got some great stuff, great tunes, all written by Josh, uh, sang mostly by Josh, but with some back vocals with, uh, with Heidi. And uh, and we started playing live. We recruited a couple of guitarists to help us out when we play live. And uh, we did that for, uh, you know, a couple of years, three years. And um, through that process of, of, you know, being more tight with Josh, uh, we started uh, talking a little bit to, to I started wanting to find out a little bit about what Dusty was doing up in Portland. I hadn't talked to him in years. And I wanted to kind of, you know, I, I don't like to hold grudges or, you know, you know, not not. Uh, you know, put things in the past. I, and so I, I wanted to reach out to Dusty and, and see what he'd been up to, just mostly to catch up. But shortly after that, we um, I got through a, a show that I was playing in San Francisco with Sad Numbers. I was asked by a DJ if there would ever be a, an original Sacramento rocket ship reunion. And um, I, at the time, I, I kind of laughed and I said, you know, I haven't even talked to Dusty in like 20 years. I, I don't think that's going to happen ever but thanks for you know in his compliment thanks for mentioning it and then like as i'm like reconnecting with josh and reconnecting with dusty i happened to ask dusty hey you know i kind of was i think i was kind of throwing a bone about like you know putting together some shows with the original rocket ship if that could ever come together and then through the course of the summer me and dusty continued to talk about it and eventually became a a thing and we uh rocket ship the original rocket ship reunited to play some shows um, in San Francisco, New York, uh, Sacramento, um, in May of 2014, and uh, it was just a great time. Yes. So where does that leave the Rosebuds, though? Yeah. So so because that um, because that happened, um, and because of you know reconnecting with these these two, um, it, you know we we were uh, getting some. We were getting some, um, you know, some people that would come to the Rocket Ship uh, website say, "Hey, Dusty, you know, I know that you were in another band prior to Rocket Ship and uh, from Sacramento with with Jim, maybe, and you know, what was that band? And you know, I think I've seen like the cover of a tape you put out somewhere, and so like, you know, people started kind of like asking about the Rosebuds, and which is really weird, and. Uh, um, and then, um, so, you know, Dusty reached out to me, Hey, you know, Jim, can you like, you know, put these songs on SoundCloud so you can share them? Because like, I'm getting some questions about them. And, and, uh, I started kind of like, you know, I put together a Facebook page of the Rosebuds, you know, some, throw some pictures. I, I didn't know there was any interest really, but I, I, all of a sudden it became kind of fun, um, to, to, you know, to try to market this band, uh, for the, for the benefit of the new bands that we were doing, Sad Numbers and, and Rocket Ship, um, and just kind of like, you know, a package deal. Hey, you know, here's the early stuff. <laughs> and so that's kind of how that grew. And then and then um, the, the reason why we're getting together in about a week to rehearse the four of us for the first time in, uh, gosh, 26 years um, is because um, Jerry Perry, our old manager in Sacramento, um, suffered a major stroke at the end of July. And, um, you know, he's in his 50s and stuff, and, and his, we know his wife and his kid. And, uh, you know, he's been such a part of the music scene here in Sacramento in the Bay Area that um, a lot of 
us came together, actually one particular uh, gentleman who's moved to the Bay Area, but he, he uh, put together a benefit show. And, uh, and uh, we got added to that because I kind of like put it out to the guys like, hey, you know, I never thought this would happen. But, you know, would you guys be interested in, in playing this benefit show for Jerry? And surprisingly, where Dusty's typically really busy with rocket ship stuff and, you know, I know Josh would do it in an instant. Um, uh, even Ben uh, came out of retirement. He would, you know, he's the youngest, but he's, he hasn't touched a guitar in 20 years. He, he agreed to do it. And so like all of a sudden it's like we're on the lineup and that's how we came back. <laughs> and that's the second part of my interview with Jim Rivers from the Rosebuds. And if you want to know any more information about them, they do have a Facebook page and you might be able to find out more elsewhere. But I know on uh, Facebook they go as Sacramento's own the Rosebuds. I do believe there's another band called the Rosebuds or a duo called the Rosebuds. But anyway, that's not them. So do check that out. And also they do have their music on SoundCloud as well, I do believe. So, uh, yes, just Google around and um, (laughs) as you do in the modern age and you might be able to find something and like them and they would appreciate it appreciate that anyway this is david eastall the c86 show um i could i'll give you my contact details again because it's so exciting um you can contact me on facebook twitter just go to at c86 show i will be there keep it kind of groovy positive otherwise i don't know don't bother and um, all the shows have been archived and they're on spotify itunes podbean and mixcloud we love mixcloud anyway this is going to be some more music by the rosebuds this is a track titled the seasons no seasons just forget the the
There you go, the Rosebuds, with some doodling going on at the end there. Who originated, this is, I'm just reading this now, from 1988. They're an indie pop, shoegaze and psychedelic rock, all in one easy-to-digest little set, um, musical unit. Anyway, this is going to be the third and final part of my interview with Jim, where we were talking about reunions and having to meet up again. And how did that feel emotionally, spiritually, and possibly even physically? Jim, tell us what it, it was is, all about. You know, it's, you know, they say, you know, being in a band, especially one that, you know, goes for a little bit um, and writes music together and, and plays those tough shows and those has those great highs and lows. Um, it, it's, it's really like being um, with a girlfriend or a wife. And um, it's true. And, um, you know, so so basically reuniting, being, all of us being together in the same room and practicing in, in next weekend is going to be um, a bit of all that, like really kind of like awkward, strange. And and then, you know, hopefully out of it, we'll, we'll come out laughing and, and, and we'll play great. And uh, but it's really it's really it's, you know, it's, it's almost cliche to say it, and I don't want to make it spinal tappy, but. But the truth is, is that, you know, I spent four years uh, of what I would consider, you know, my uh, get, getting to be an adult with these other guys and worked on an ethic of um, rehearsal and commitment to songs that carried me for the rest of my my life um, in, in not just music, but in other ways. And. And um, that was a really good foundation, and I owe it to to the guys, to the Rosebuds. You know, it was it was we were able to hone in our dysfunction and our growing, you know, immaturities into like a band that, you know, we were committed to sounding good, and 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 we and we you know put the effort, took the the time. Yes, and does it feel because you've obviously got some of your music on SoundCloud and you've had that cassette? Have you ever been tempted to try and archive it, kind of with a CD? Yeah, you know, um, I, I've been approached by um, a label, an independent label owned by a friend of mine to, um, to see about putting out a, a collection of the recordings. Um, I think that might, that might be a great possibility in the future. Um, you know, I, I certainly would, would love it. I'd love to finish some of the stuff that we were in the process of recording um before we we split uh we've all listened to it um recently and um actually we're we we've written a song a new song uh that we haven't played yet <laughs> but we've written a song for jerry uh for the show so we're planning on including it in the set when we play on december 22nd excellent and the thing is i mean you probably didn't write down the music and and the chord structure and melodies and let alone the lyrics. So coming back to that music, have you been rehearsing as, a, as individuals before? Yeah. Because I was just thinking, you know, someone could say, I have no idea what this guitar bit was. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny because none of us are real, uh, none of us in the Rosebuds are like um, uh, book learned, you know, we, we're, um, we're all um, uh, learned playing our instrument by, by, by hearing. And, um, and uh, so, the 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 challenge has been to you know find video of us playing live somewhere to try to like locate where our fingers were on the guitar <laughs> and then certainly for me it's been like you know i um i've always just i have a, a roland electric kit at home that i can put headphones on and put those old songs and just practice along to them and so that that just has always been from the time that i that I was telling you in my room, listening to pop music on the radio and playing along to it. That's kind of how I, I relearned those songs on the drums. Yes, well, this is going to be very exciting, actually, isn't it? Well, yeah, just rub briefly in our kind of last bit, but what would you say to your kind of 18-year-old self now with decades of uh, experience and having been into several other bands and the reunion, which is always an interesting thing? Right. Um, you know, I... Uh... I, I think that um, it's been an interesting kind of paradox for me in my life that um, I, I didn't um, uh, become a full-time musician. I think that um, I've had, uh, I've been in bands and been around the musicians that could have uh, 
you know, could have struck that, you know, that, that lucky chance and, and made it through. We, uh, and a couple times in my life. And, uh, I certainly at the time before having kids and before having a mortgage, um, felt like that was my calling and I gave it all. Um, and you know, but you know, I gotta say, I, I don't, I would tell that 18 year old basically that, you know, Hey, you know, it's, you know, life is, is full of surprises and, you know, there, there's no reason why you should ever like stop playing, um, because there's always going to be room and time in, in, in your life for, 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 you know, what, what all originally got you started with this, which was the love of the music and playing with people and stuff. And so like the fact that, you know, that's happening and I was able to kind of like bridge those, you know, those connections again with, with old friends and still meeting new musicians now to play with and different projects. Um, that's really, you know, what's important in, in life. And so like, you know, as long as you have a, a good, uh, uh, a good plan B and you make that, you know, the way that you're going to stay financially afloat, um, you can always continue with your passion for music. And it's something that's carrying me through, uh, even today, it's it's definitely you know uh, the best the best part of my life is when I can get together with a guitar and write some new material or like sit on the drums or you know look forward to uh, playing in front of a bunch of people. So, and that is the last part of my interview with Jim Rivers from the Rosebuds. And I realised that um, in that last part of the interview and possibly early bits as well, um, this was done in sort of October November time that uh, they had a reunion. And so that was part of what we were talking about. But anyway, don't worry, they probably will be playing more gigs in the future. I don't know. I haven't got a crystal ball. But anyway, thank you ever so much for listening. And a big thank you to Jim Rivers for giving me the time for that interview. Um, much appreciated. This has been David Eastall. This is the C86 Show. And as always, I will have another special guest next week. But I'll leave you with another track by the band. This is titled Murder. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>